frontiere con il cuore in gola e il mondo in una giostra di colori e il vento accarezza le bambiere arriva un brivido e ti trascina via Welcome to the Back Pass World Cup Countdown Show. And in case you're wondering what this is all about, we're counting down to the World Cup 2022. And by looking back, as we normally do, you know, that's what Back Pass is all about. We look back into the past and we'll start with World Cup 1990, Italia 90 today in this week's show. It's a World Cup that came a bit early for me. I was six years old when this World Cup was on. I didn't know much of what was going on at that time. But I knew something was going on, at least because uh, by the time I woke up to go to kindergarten, uh, I know my father would have watched football and he would have just turned off the TV. There's something I know that was going on uh, on the TV, but I don't know what it was until maybe about a year later. And um, probably on the back of Italia 90 as well, that's why I started becoming become an Italy fan. So... Yep, I'll speak more about that later. And the gist about this show, the World Cup Countdown Show, each week we're going to feature a different World Cup. This week is Italia 90. And uh, we'll try as much as we can to get a guest that was from the host nation that probably was a resident there at that time or a citizen of the host nation at that time of the World Cup. And then we'll get two guests, either from Singapore or Malaysia or both that are... Uh, you know, they're watching in this part of the world. And then we get everyone's experiences and memories and encapsulate in this show called the Back Pass World Cup Countdown. So in this week's show, Italia 90, let me first introduce our first guest representing the host nation, Italy. I've got with me a returning guest. He was on our show before when we spoke about Inter. Uh, it's none other than Mr. Andrea Trevisi. Ciao, Andrea. Good evening, Russ. Thank Good you evening. for having me again. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Thank you. Um, first of all, Andrea, when this World Cup was going on, how old were you? It was the best period of my life, of course. I was 15 years old and the school finished the 9th of June and okay. the World Cup started the 8th of June. So okay. basically, I have the entire month just to do nothing else than watching football on TV. Okay. Do you know much at that age about the preparations that are going on? Uh, of course. Uh, the infrastructure. Let's talk about infrastructure first, about, you know, maybe what was, you know, being built around the World Cup, the stadiums, maybe the transport or, you know, what whatever else you can share with us about that time yeah. in Italy. 
Yeah, uh, the the World Cup was granted to us in 1984. Okay. So that in 19 yes, we had uh, six years to to prepare the the World Cup, and actually it was a major major task because mm -hmm. not only about the, the stadium but the infrastructure. We had mm -hmm. to build highways. We had to build metro station in the main city in Milan, where I live. They built a, mm -hmm. an entire line of the metro station um airports uh highways hotel so it was a it was a major major uh um i mean it, it was very very big task and uh, six years is not big 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 time so we were very excited when we got the world cup in 1984. Mm -hmm. um but uh, of course it was not we finished actually we finished uh in january in january 1990. okay so you can imagine it was like we finished six months before the start of the of the World Cup. Okay. Uh, so in, Mil in Milan, for example, they they had to do a brand new highway, mm -hmm. which connect uh, um, basically Switzerland. You enter from Switzerland to Italy, and with this highway, you arrive directly to Milan. Oh. Uh, that was a a very big uh, big uh, big task to do then of course yeah. development then of course the stadium because mm -hmm. the stadium of san siro was only two tires okay and they have to build the third the third mm -hmm. one with the column so the stadium yeah. as you can see now is the results of the modification done for the 1990. Mm. Uh, at the time it was a super modern stadium now is a very old stadium but uh, yeah. at the time it was a super modern and super very very nice plus yeah. of course the, the you know the city you have to be ready to to have a lot of people so mm. uh, it was it, it was uh, it was exciting for for me for example because you know it was the first uh, really world cup that i i it was a, a world cup in my in my country Mm. but i remember that it was um it was quite tough for uh, yeah, for so, uh, yeah. so there was major rebuilding done in italy and i guess yes. in terms of stadium all the stadiums that were used in the world cup were all brand new at that time in 1990. no 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 no, no. Okay. only two new stadium for the world okay. cup so the brand new stadium that we have to build was uh, san nicola in bari okay okay and delle alpi in turin Okay. That was the only two stadium. The other stadium, that was 12 stadium, the other mm -hmm. stadium has been completely reformed. I mean, let's put it in that way. In a, in a, in a way, you are right. Mm -hmm. It's like, basically, we had 12 new stadium. But mm -hmm. the, the 10 stadium were, let's say, totally reformed, like Olimpico. Okay. But two stadium brand new, Bari and Turin. Okay, so moving on from infrastructure, what was the expectation like for the as the host nation? Italy is not a small country, we all know. Before this, before Italian 90, Italy had already won the World Cup three times. So at that point of time, Italy were tied with Brazil as the most successful countries yeah. uh, in terms of winning the World Cup. And also yeah. at that point of time, the Italian league was already one of the best, all the best league in Europe already. Yes. So, what was the expectations like in Italy for the win. national team? <laughs> win, to win. 
uh, I mean, the, we were so convinced to win that uh, we 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 already think that the final would have been Italy Germany. Okay. Because at the time they were the two national team, the two strongest national team. Mm. So we were very, I mean, we were very very convinced that the final would have been in Rome and it would have been Germany Italy. Okay, so there's uh, already a wave of expectation, optimism. Yeah, of course, Italy. of course. Yeah. Also because if you think the team was so strong at the time mm. that on the bench of the Italian national team, we had Mancini and Baggio yeah. on the bench. Yeah. So imagine what team, what, what kind of team we have in the 11 to keep on the bench Mancini and Baggio. Yeah. So, I mean, it was a, it was a team where you have, uh, I mean, you have Baresi and Maldini in the defense, uh, you have Donadoni, you, I mean, it was, it was a super team, honestly. Mm. Uh, okay. And the pre preparations for the, towards the World Cup, Italy didn't need to qualify, so they would have to play a lot of um, uh, friendly games, I, I would say. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. How was the preparations like for the team? It was, I mean, we, we had a, would you say it was smooth sailing or was it bumpy a bit? No, no, no. It was, a, we had a, a very, let's say, established coach, mm. uh, which was the coach uh, we had after the World Cup in 86 in Mexico. Uh, it was Vicini, Azzelio Vicini. It was, yeah. it was a, actually a very good coach. Mm, it was a, w well prepared and it was especially very, appreciated very uh, like loved by the people it was a mm. it was a very very nice uh, nice coach the the preparation honestly yeah there was a lot of friendly game but we didn't care a lot because you know having a, at the time as you said having a Serie A so challenging and having all the national players of the the, mm. the, the all the, the the players playing in the national team playing in Italy it was already a big training you know Okay. Uh, playing with the, we were already playing with the best player in the world. Yeah, the best players, right? Best foreign players with the best Italian at, players as well. At, at yep. the time. So yeah. we were very, very confident. Too much, I guess. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so this is a good point for me to bring in two more guests. And these guests were watching the World Cup in Singapore. So first up, I've got with me Mr. Lubis Ratno who's also got a Facebook page on uh, called Football Network SG. And hi. he's just started an apparel line, Maverick Sports. How are we doing, Lubis? Hey, hi. Hi, guys. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I've been uh, running Football Network SG for a few years now. And for Maverick Sports, I've only began, uh, only began doing that like one month ago. Yeah, doing well mm. so far. Thanks. Mm. Okay. And with him, I've got someone who's a good friend of ours on Backpass. He regularly comments on our posts and he, he, he participates. He just participates. That's how I would describe him. A big Germany fan, big Bayern Munich fan, and a big fan of Bundesliga, of course, Mr. Siva Ram. How are you doing, Siva? Uh, hi, everyone. I'm doing great. Good to be here. All right. You excited, Siva? Yeah, I'm excited because uh, you know, Italian IT is like my first World Cup and it kind Same. of paved, paved the way for me to support Germany and Bundesliga. You know, tell you more about it. <laughs> okay, so again, ages. Siva, how old were you when Italian IT uh, was um, playing? I was, uh, I think I was in uh, uh, eight years old. I was in primary two. So um, okay. I haven't 
actually, I didn't even know anything about football. I do not know nothing about football. But when the World Cup comes, like you have to get involved because you are at that age of eight years old. We are starting to know about the game and all your male relatives, your uncles, your grandfathers, your father, your everyone, cousins, older cousins, all were watching, all were having their own individual teams to pick. And this is one of the World Cup where I think there were a lot of contenders to win mm. the World Cup. Actually, it's a very open World Cup. You know, uh, I have my friends uh, at school saying that Holland was one of their favorites, you know, mm. and a couple of them, uh, traditionally say Italy was one of their favorites. Then my relatives were mostly were like, okay, it's either Argentina or Brazil. Okay. Brazil being a sentimental favorite, and Argentina because of uh, Diego Maradona and since he plays in the Serie A with Napoli, you know, and this World Cup is held in Italy, so uh, they believe that uh, no Maradona will continue to defend the World Cup at Argentina with in Italian ninety. Yeah, so that was uh, a lot of contenders, and as usual, uh, there were uh, the whole bunch of them also for England as well. England yeah. a very good team, you know, they're not like uh, Gary Lineker, Gascoigne, this is the first time I saw Gascoigne and he was such a brilliant player. And of course, uh, you know, uh, people like John Barnes, Shilton, Shilton was an exceptional goalkeeper in this tournament. And you know, they, they, they were actually our favourites, actually it was to me the best England team I ever saw was actually at the 1990 World Cup. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, and, so yeah, talking about England, uh, let, yeah. let me just uh, bring in Lubis here now. Yeah, talking about England, wearing the England jersey, Lubis. How old were you when this World Cup started? I was uh, I was eleven years old. Okay, yeah, a bit late. <laughs> so anyway, uh, but not as late as Andrea. I'm fifteen. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I'm I'm, I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> even though I'm wearing the England jersey, uh, the first team I supported was actually Germany. Yeah, okay. only because okay, actually I was a fat kid. I was not into sports at all. So uh, I, I remember. But you know much about World Cup before leading up to the World Cup? None, none, zero. Okay, okay, I'll, okay. okay. I'll share you this moment because I remember it very well, very clearly in my mind. Because uh, I remember I was uh, I was actually sleeping in the living room. It was the middle of the night. Then I heard shouting. I like was so exciting. So I saw my my younger brother and my dad watching football on TV. I was like, wow, so cool. The two of them hanging out. So I saw John them lah. Uh, so that's when I got to know more about football. So uh, yeah, so their favorite team was Germany. So that became oh. my favorite team for a while. But okay. yeah, so I just followed them Yeah, that's why. Mm. All right. Yeah, back to you, Siva. You had something uh, else that you were talking about, England. Yeah, uh, as I said, uh, England was one of the contenders to win the World Cup, along with uh, Italy, Holland, Brazil, Argentina, Germany. And yeah. you have the underdogs, which were before this tournament started, like uh, no dark underdogs, like you know, maybe Colombia, Yugoslavia, Yugoslavia, and also, if I'm not mistaken, Cameroon, who produced the biggest yeah. shock on the first day. Because at that time, I was not supporting any team at all. I was just like, okay, this is my first World Cup. Which team should I support? Should I listen to my friends? Should I listen to my relatives? Because none of them supported Germany. I don't know why. You know? <laughs> my, my grandfather was, was an England, huge England fan. You know, my uncles were all a Brazil or Argentinian fan. So 
I had no German influence at all. You know, there's, there's even a couple of friends who were supporting Italy. So nobody was, was like rooting for Germany. And one of the main things we were saying that uh, Germany kind of like always loses in the finals. You know, for the past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, they, lost, they lost in 82 and 86, yeah. Yeah, right. and then on top of that, in 88, they lost the semi-final to Holland. So they were like on a losing streak and, and, and they don't believe that they can do it in Italy. So, and I did not hear all this, but I was like actually like just like heard this on the side new ones like like that, that, that kind of thing but i was not convinced to support any team at all uh you know before the world cup started actually so i just watched it with an open mind you know and, the and germany very, convinced you uh actually the very first match which i watched was actually it was opening game which argentina and cameroon Mm-hmm. Which was uh, which actually kind of set the tone for the World Cup actually, because uh, I'm sure Andrea would have known that watching the games, it's actually a very uh, defensive Italian style kind of a World Cup. Yeah. A lot of teams were quite defensive in this World Cup, you know. So uh, watching the match, you know, uh, Argentina was ultra defensive despite having Maradona among the ranks. He did not score in this World Cup. Yeah, it's a lot of people do not know this part, but Maradona did not score a goal. Yeah, he had a couple of assists in here and there, but he did not score. But Argentina was very defensive and shock among shock, you know, Cameroon, if I'm not mistaken, I think they got a player sent off, I think. Two, yeah. two. Two, two, two. Right? two. They finish in nine. It is nine, and somehow they shocked Argentina and they won the match. And I was quite impressed, I have to be honest, because um, you know they were defensive and suddenly just got Argentina on the break, and they got the goal. Now that is like Italian style, you know, for me, you know. And if you go on to the tournament, quite a number of them, especially the later stages, knockout stages, it was quite defensive. But I liked it. I actually liked it. Mm. Okay, yeah. we'll talk about that later. But you you spoke about this. Cameroon team, and we're going to speak about the surprises in this World Cup. You know, yeah. Andrea, were you watching this uh, game in the stadium because it was at in Milan? No, no, I, 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 uh, as I told you, I watch. Uh, uh, well, later I told you the game I watch. Uh, I, I watch uh, basically four games. Hmm. Uh, that that one not because I was still in school. Okay. Uh, because the game was the. 8th of June, I remember, and the school finished the 9th of June, so I was still at school. Okay. I could not go. Uh, but that, that game is famous for uh, the goal of uh, Homambi Ik, yeah. because uh, uh, he jumped, and I think he still all the records of staying in the air the most time. He, oh, he basically jumped and he stay. He, he was basically like flying. All the newspapers were talking about that, and uh, yeah, it was kind of funny. Okay, Cameroon, I know, is a favorite amongst all of us as in terms of the surprise team of the World Cup. I would like to know any other teams that you would say were the surprise teams. Lubis? I would think, uh, I would say actually Yugoslavia. La. I Yugoslavia. can't really remember yeah, what, what went on with the team, but uh, I remember Yugoslavia was, uh, that was years before they broke up, and they actually had some good players. and. Uh, yeah, I can't remember the results that went that went on that time for Yugoslavia. Okay, yeah. so your pick is Yugoslavia. Siva, yourself, any other team besides Cameroon? Uh, I know in the Germany group table there was actually Colombia and Yugoslavia, and I was told back then like these two teams were uh, will be the uh, a huge threat for Germany to qualify for the next mm-hmm. round. Yeah, so uh, like I said, that time I still wasn't a Germany fan back then. You know, I, I just heard about it, 
and I was having an open mind. But after watching the the surprise of Argentina losing to Cameroon, I was like, okay, I don't think I'm going to pick Argentina, you know, because I wasn't impressed by Argentina. Neither I was that impressed by Cameroon. Yeah, they put up a good shock, you know, because I heard a lot about Maradona and the Argentinian team rather than anybody from Cameroon. So at that moment, I said, okay, Argentina is probably not for me. Uh, neither is Cameroon. And then, okay, uh, let's see what happens in the next match. So ironically, the next match was I was able to watch because it was school holidays in Singapore during the June time. Yeah. And yeah, and we were able to watch some late night matches because the matches here in Singapore is like 2 a.m., 3 a.m. kind of matches. And it was Germany, Yugoslavia. And that, with an open mind, I just, okay, just watch Germany, Yugoslavia, you know, because I know Yugoslavia had a decent team hearing from, mm. from from some of the uh, football fans here and of course Germany is like one of the uh, always been a top team in the World Cup so when I watched that match and I saw how Germany dismantled Yugoslavia I was very impressed I was very very impressed uh, the show from uh, Matthias and Klingsman you know and then I really like Klingsman from this match because mm. I felt it so uh, I never saw that kind of attacking flair to dismantle a team like Yugoslavia, who played actually very well. You no, know, it was actually a very, very good match. You know, and I was impressed. I was impressed, and that was the match which I said after that that Germany will win the World Cup. Probably beginner's luck, okay? But I'll say Germany will win the World Cup without even watching the rest of the matches. I just, I just felt it. And of course, uh, people around me like laugh. They say, hey, "What is idiot kid? Uh, no, you just watch one match and you think Germany's going to win the World Cup. It's much more difficult." But I was just like, "No, I think they are playing really good." And okay, uh, I am taking Germany because the number one reason is nobody's taking Germany in my circle of of, of contact. Mm. So I said, "Never mind, mm. I'll be Germany." So I had uh, extra reason to watch the World Cup now because I kind of enjoyed how Germany played, and. Germany, uh, even the world, before the World Cup started, uh, they had many players in the Serie A, especially the Inter Milan trio, you know, Klingsmann, yeah. Matthias, and Hessler. So it's kind of the other way of preparing. Andres Bremer. Hessler was in Lazio. Roma. Lazio. Sorry, Hessler was Lazio and Juventus. Uh, but I think uh, during the World Cup, he was still in Lazio, with the Lazio, yes. Mm. Yeah. So and Andrea like... was there to watch this game. You yeah, yeah, uh, Genoa, uh, German Yugoslavia, mm. I, I watched at the stadium, yes. Uh, yes. Okay. And, uh, you know, it was it was very funny because uh, there was uh, the the Curva Nord, the supporter of Inter, they yeah. were there because they were the three player of Inter Milan. So yeah. it's like they really were. It looks like they were playing in Germany because everybody were the at the. I I myself I had the scarf of Germany going to the stadium because okay. of course the 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 three Germans uh, played uh, played there. So yeah, it was okay. a great Andrea. match. That yeah, sorry, Andrea. I just want to get your thoughts on this. Which other teams were? According to you, surprise teams in this World Cup teams that the, surprised you. At, at the time, uh, at the time watching the the World Cup, the the, the very very big surprise was Costa Rica. Oh. Uh, Costa Rica was in uh, in uh, was playing in Genova, and uh, he was with the Brazil, Sweden, and Scotland. So everybody, everybody, all the journalists say, it's going to be the last. It's going to be go out, and it's going to lose the three game. Actually, he won. He won two games against Scotland and against Sweden, 
and he lost against Brazil, but it was such a close game. I mean, honestly, it was very, very... The Costa Rica had so many chances to, to equalize, even to, to, to score goals that uh, you cannot imagine. So for me, that was the, was the surprise. Actually, the Italian journalist, the Italian journalist that they make the, the best team after the World Cup, they, they, many of the journalists put the goalkeeper of Costa Rica in the, in the top 11. Okay. You remember his name? Uh, I don't don't remember his name. Uh, he was, uh, he, but he was very very strong. He was very very strong. This guy um, okay. was very very good. Google check. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you should. Uh, uh, he did. He did a fantastic game against Brazil. Really, Brazil scored one goal. Uh, but uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Conejo. Conejo, okay. Conejo. Gabriel Conejo, see. Sí. Yeah. All right. That's the goalkeeper you're talking about here. Yeah. So surprise teams done. I think Cameroon probably surprised all of us. Yes. With the way with, with yes. the way they did and um, flamboyant style. So leads me very nicely to the next point: standout players and colorful characters as well. I think there were quite a lot of colorful characters in this World Cup. Let's go to colorful characters first. You know, okay, we talk about Cameroon, of course, Roger Miller and his dancing. <laughs> of course. Yeah, the flagpole. Yeah. yeah, the flagpole, yeah. Any one of you want to go with uh, Roger Miller first? Want to tell me what the first time you saw him play and that dance that he did? He was only in his 30s, right, by the time. Yeah, 38. Yeah, yeah. 38, late 30s. I didn't know that you could play football until 38 back then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. And he was, was always a substitute. He always came on as a substitute and he made his mark. Yeah. Did any of you try try that dance after that, you know? Of course, yeah. Everybody <laughs> football, yeah, show anyone. Yeah, yeah, surely. I think it's, 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 it's just like when you're a when you're a kid, it's like one of the best things to do. <laughs> it's like what but uh we did after Abebeto's goal in nineteen eighty four. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Even you don't support Brazil, you you mimic yeah. the celebration, yeah. <laughs> yeah, everyone does. Yeah. Roger Milla, crazy, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, anyone else? Uh, okay, of course, the next guy I'm going to throw in, Rene Higita. Have yeah, you ever course. seen a goalkeeper do that? Of course. Yeah. How about Carlos Valderrama? And Valderrama yeah. as well. Yeah. Valderrama yeah. as well. So, what are these two? Yeah, Valderrama with hair and moustache. And he and in those days, players were playing with jewelry on. You know, they had chains. Yes, yes, yes. And that was quite cool, actually. He looked quite cool. Is is uh, funny because you know he had uh, he had a lot of bracelet. Ah yes, that's you know? so, yeah. And inside the bracelet, he was playing. He has a che a chewing gum. Oh. A Brooklyn chewing gum. So okay. during the game, he was taking out and eating. So the Italian TV, uh, I remember that uh, was showing this particular many many times that he had the chewing gum in the between the bracelet. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Siva on Higita. Have you seen this madness before? Goalkeeper yeah. coming out, dribbling. Uh, especially that, are you talking about that goal that he considered to Cameroon? Yeah. <laughs> I saw that. Actually, I actually saw that because uh, um, I watched uh, Cameroon played uh, Germany uh, because Germany won their first two matches with Yugoslavia and UAE. And third match, they drew with Colombia. So I was quite impressed with Colombia. See, you're not bad. You know, this, this team that actually 
drew with Germany 1-1 in the group stage, you know, and and, and okay, uh, let's, uh, then ironically, uh, in the, I think the knockout stages, they got uh, Cameroon, and that's where I think everybody knew about Higuita. If you don't know about Higuita back then, I think after the match, you would have known who Higuita is, you know, because yeah. I think, um, you know, as, as much as he's good, he's also eccentric, and that's yeah. that led to Colombia bowing out of the competition. <laughs> Yeah, it's mad, man. It's mad. It's really but mad. He, but he was, he, was, he was awesome. He was awesome to see that. But as a kid, like, wow. Yeah, no. it's exciting, right? It's exciting. It's exciting. Yeah, it's, really it's exciting. exciting. Because it can, you can imagine when you're watching it live and then suddenly a goalkeeper comes out, he tries to dribble one, he tries to dribble two. Yeah. You know, you're like thinking, oh man, where's this going to end? How's yes. it going to end? Like, wow. No, but yeah, I can imagine that. And also, of course, Backpass has got Higita and the logo. It's our inspiration. It's our inspiration. I think nothing, nothing uh, symbolizes '90s better than that. The Nigita, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Other players we got. Um, standout player, of course, uh, from Italy itself, Salvatore Schilacci. How yeah, much do you course. know about him? You know, Travesi, Andrea. But uh, Schilacci, it was uh, it was a very very strange things because uh, the the. The two strikers uh, that uh, they were since one and a half year they were ready to play were Andrea Carnevale and uh, Vialli. Mm. But then with Juventus, the 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 1989-90 season, Schilacci came from nowhere. He was a, mm. in a bench. He was a substitute of Juventus. He stepped in and he starts scoring goals. But really. It was unbelievable. Every ball he was touching, he was scoring during the league. So it was a last minute, a last minute call in the national team. And uh, it was like, actually, it was like the people, you know, the Italian people, the journalist was pushing Vicini to, to call him in the in the team because he was doing so well in the with Juventus that you have you must have one of these players you know this kind of season where you touch a ball and the ball goes in and yeah. in fact the first game of italy in rome against austria we were 0-0 until uh, i think minute 78 yeah. and uh, yeah. He, yeah he came in at minute 70 he replaced vialli and the first ball he touched it was a header and he scored the one nil so that's that starts his uh, summer. It's a special summer. Yeah, in, yeah. Indeed. And uh, Siva spoke about this player earlier when we started the show. Lubis, Paul Gascoigne. Yeah. Mm. What a player, yeah. right? Yeah. I read, I read his um, biography after, the, after that World Cup. A really fascinating guy. Uh, started from nothing. Uh, troubled childhood and all that. So, uh, so he uh, he built himself up until that point, but he also messed it up lah later on. So yeah, <laughs> funny guy. I mean, he's a colorful character as well. Uh, I think yeah, I think uh, for the England team, uh, Gaza has to be one of the standout guys lah at that point. Man, he's so skillful. He's not. He doesn't play like an English player. He has very good touch. Yep. Very very deft touches. Very good. Yeah, maybe like a, maybe like a Italian or Brazilian. something. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Any any other players that you all want to shout out as stand up players from the German team? Siva, Lotta Matthias certainly. 
Nottomar is definitely is a standout. I think this tournament yeah. was one of his. I think I think it's probably his best tournament. You know, and yeah. of course, uh, I would like to also highlight Raymer. Raymer was kind of a secret weapon actually for for Germany in especially in the knockout stages, which we will get to there. But I was very impressed uh, about the left back and attacking left back. You know, people always talk about Roberto Carlos. People talk about you know uh, the the great left backs. You know, a lot of time. You know, but a lot of them forgot that. I think Bremer kind of like invented that because you have Maldini who was very good. I think he's probably the best defender I ever saw, but he was more defensive uh, compared to Bremer. Bremer was more, you no, know, like he, he was the one like the left wing back and go there and he scored a lot of uh, good goals. You know, against long range shots as well. Long range shots against you no know, Holland, uh, England, and even Argentina in the final as well. So, yeah. like, although there was a penalty, but you know, but that's the kind of uh, 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 caliber that. Raymer had for a left back. For a left back, he was quite good in scoring goals. You know? So mm. uh, this tournament, I was very impressed with Raymer uh, for Germany. Okay. I kind of like started my fascination with left backs. Oh, yeah. All right, and the Dutch players. Um, of course, uh, AC Milan had already got the three Dutch players, right? When Baston, Ruud Hulid, Ruud Hulid, and his hair is certainly another standout character, and his moustache as well. And then you got Frank Rijkaard and a uh, very Infamous incident between Frank Rijkaard and Rudy Waller. Oh, that that was disgusting. Like, I think yeah. that was one of the best matches I ever saw. Yeah, I, entertainment I and everything. <laughs> yeah, I was at the stadium also for that for that one. Okay. Uh-huh. Was, and uh, and uh, we we really didn't like understand. Was there like a Milan derby in the stadium? There was the there, there was the two the two uh, the curva north and curva sud with all the banners of Inter and Milan. So it was a proper derby, really. And uh, the, the incident, we didn't realize from the stadium what was happened. We saw the two players sent off. Uh, we just could see in the evening going home and watching in TV what happened, what really happened. We didn't see it uh, on the stadium. We just see the red card. And uh, yeah, the atmosphere in the stadium was, uh, was crazy, was crazy. And uh, yeah, yeah, it, it, it was amazing that game. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Any other standout players? Oh, yeah. David Platt, in my opinion. Okay. Oh, for me, for me, um, one of one one other player that I like, uh, Brian Robson. I think he was the reason why I supported Manchester United after that. Mm. Yeah, because of his, uh, because of his leadership on the mm. field. Yeah. yeah, but his World Cup was curtailed through injury, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. So he had to leave early because of uh, injury. Um, you talk about Yugoslavia. This player called Toshkovic. How about that? He was a great fantastic, player. Fantastic. Fantastic. And uh, imagine, uh, imagine, uh, he, he was playing for Verona. Oh, so okay. Im- imagine, imagine what kind of Serie A we had at the time. Yeah. Uh, Stojkovic now would play for uh, probably Real Madrid. You know, one of these teams. And at the time, he was playing for Verona. Mm. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> was, like Claudio Canigia. How about that? That's another uh, one. Rockstar looks. With yep. His hair. He yeah. played for Rangers, right? At that time. No, no. no. Not yet. Later. Not yet. He played for Rangers a bit later in his career. But Claudio Canigia, I think not many know about him, right? Before this World Cup? No. Yeah, yeah. No? Before this World Cup. Yeah, I nobody. Yeah. I remember yeah, that. So he I don't, I don't everybody knew about Diego Maradona. Uh, Siva, you said Diego Maradona didn't score a goal in that World Cup. He had a couple of assists. 
One of those assists was knocking Brazil out. Yeah, Brazil out, yeah. Yeah, oh my god, that, that is a... another explosive match because that was a South American derby. Not I mean, yeah. it was happening in my house and I just have to be the fly on the wall and watch along with them because I was really rooting for Germany at this part. But uh, okay, then we'll be looking like okay, one of these two teams we could face in the next round, maybe, okay or not, I'm not sure. But, but Brazil-Argentina was really, really a hot-tempered match. It was crazy. And, oh. Yeah, Canija was playing. Canija was playing for Atalanta. Yeah, he was. He was. He was playing for Atalanta for one year, and the year before he was playing for Verona. So he was. He uh, was kind of. Uh, I mean, I don't want to be bad, but he was kind of an average uh, striker, not the striker that uh, you want in your team, you know. But uh, after the the World Cup, uh, yeah, he got. Uh, a big spike of his career. Hmm. And one more thing I'll point out about Maradona. He handled the ball again and got away with it. I think it was uh, probably against uh, Yugoslavia or something. He handled the ball on the line. The referee didn't catch it. Argentina went through. Untouchable, that guy. He's uh, yeah, touched by the angels. Yeah, nobody can touch him. <laughs> okay, um, Okay. before we end, there's another player that came to my mind. I can't remember now. When I remember, I will let you know. You talk about negative World Cups. This was certainly one of the lowest scoring World Cup. And after this World Cup, a lot of changes was made to football, yeah. international football. That probably was for the betterment because it made the game more open and exciting. One of it is got to do with our... Title of our show, the back yeah, pass. Back pass. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm about it. This is back the only pass. World Cup Martin. that I watched that had back pass. Then, <laughs> but yeah. it, every team, like I like I said it earlier, was like very defensive, and so they were like, okay, when you go forward a bit, okay, back pass, back pass, back pass, back pass. There's a lot of time wasting, a lot of uh, back pass was given. So uh, I mean, I kind of enjoyed it actually. You know, you know, although it's kind of a bit of irritating tactics, but I enjoyed the back pass <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of a shame that you know I only saw one only one World Cup with the back pass. I think it probably had to do with the final as well because it was actually the very first World Cup final where uh no where actually the, uh, a team kept a clean sheet which is Germany. You know, yeah, because the previous World Cup finals there's always been goals at both ends, and Argentina was very defensive and Germany was trying to uh, break through the defense and Argentina was just trying to put through probably a penalty shootout, and it was very defensive. So. I think that's probably that's why they got generated so much negativity because a lot of the games were actually very interesting, uh, plenty of entertainment goals. But when it came to the final, only one nil, people were like, back, especially back then when, when, when some of them watched like two three World Cups already, they were quite surprised. Only one nil. Well, what happened to those three two or two one? That kind of score lines, you see. So the back pass rule kind of like I think they ended it after that. I think somewhere ninety one or ninety two because I remember I think they still carried on. But in in ninety two, you still had it after that. After 92, it was... Yeah, because the next World Cup, there's no more back pass. Uh, yeah, no more back pass, correct. And yeah. on that point also, on that final, there were other things that were going on throughout the World Cup. I think a lot of... Started from the first game, a lot of crazy tackles. Mad tackles. Uh, you see Cameroon got sent off, two players sent off. You yeah, look at the tackles, yeah. it's mad. You know, today's game, I think you'll be suspended. I God knows how many games, you know, will be like... Half a season, where you might be gone for those kind of tackles, mad tackles, no doubt. Yeah, violent, it's, violent tackles. Yeah, it, it's actually a, a very violent uh, kind of World Cup, you could call it. But actually, it was fun. It was really fun because you never know who's going to get sent off. 
in almost every match, like no, there was sure to be bookings and who's going to be sent off. Even the Brazil and Argentina game, you know, you spend a Brazil and Argentina, you expect plenty of play. No, everybody was going after each other, and I think a Brazilian player was sent off. I think the captain, I can't remember the captain name. Yeah, but I think he was sent off after the holy water incident. <laughs> you know, uh, holy uh, water incident. What was that about? Uh, holy water incident. I think it was a uh, Bronco, if I'm not mistaken. Bronco, the Brazilian. Yeah. Defender. Um, defender, yeah, I think he had like a drink from the Argentinian uh, bench or something, and then he, he claimed there was some kind of like tranquilizers there to like slow it down or something. <laughs> you know, this is yeah. Argentina. I uh, grabbed the winning goal from Canicia when Maradona yeah. gave that so, Even Maradona say that. Even Maradona say that. Oh, okay, yeah. So, Even Maradona say that. Yes. Yeah. So that so it was like a lot of uh, no issues. Yeah, controversy, yes, that's the word, controversy, you know, for the match. And, and as a kid watching that, you know, with a group of adults, you know, screaming their lungs off for every tackle and for every, uh, you know, controversy that speaks up, you know, all the water is spiked. Did you back then, uh, watching this match live, they, you were hearing controversy, all the water must be spiked, even before Maradona came clean, I think, a few years later. Okay. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, it's very interesting. Love it. Eventful World okay. Cup. Uh, Lubis, the other thing about this World Cup, Besides the tackles, what happened after the tackles is you got players rolling around <laughs> in agony. Oh, I remember this. Real, real or not, but I don't know. I think Germany was very very famous for this. I think they, yeah. they, they even talked about it on the papers. It's a, it's a kind of strategy. It's a, to, to win fouls, to win free kicks. Uh, so it's, they actually do this in training. Yeah, I, I read it somewhere that they, this is part of the training. So it's crazy, man. No, yeah. Argentina as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But and talking about Argentina, Argentina star player is arguably Sergio Goicochea. Of course, of course. The mo- the supermodel goalkeeper. Yeah. He was also somebody like uh, something like he came in the last minute, right? No, no, he, he was on the bench, but uh, Pumpido, the 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 the, the, the goalkeeper, oh, broke his leg. Broke his leg at the second game, if I'm not wrong, against, uh, I think, against uh, Colombia or or against Russia. But he broke his leg. Uh, he yeah, bro- Russia, he broke, Russia. Russia. He broke his leg and so Goigocea was the second, the second goalkeeper and uh, stepped in. Yeah. Mm. All right. Siva, Lubis mentioned Germany and their and rolling the- around tactics. <laughs> Yeah, that, that that went to the final because you know uh, when Argentina was being very defensive, you know, coming at this era where there's actually a lot of hard men in football, there were like, every team had their own yeah. hard men, you know, and then like uh, you don't drop easily for tackles, and even though when many teams were playing defensive, uh, you know, a lot of strength is displayed in those players because a lot of players were built very well. But Germany, however, like you know, I think that's where Klinsmann started getting some bad press because the moment you've been tackled, you like like you look like flew from a cannon. From a cannon, that kind of thing. Soon you like roll around in pain, and then next thing you know, you're waking up. Okay, I'm fine. Oh, I'm all right, but the foul's already been given. So, yeah, that's kind of generated a lot of uh, bad press for Germany. But his tactics, you know, uh, get the fouls, you know, build up your set plays, score the goals for the set plays. Yeah. yeah. So okay. it's kind of frowned upon, but I think that it was a good tactic, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that caused a. Uh... I mean, in my household, my father, he created quite an impression on my father because he was quite unhappy. He supports England, so he's quite unhappy with all this rolling around and all. And uh, when I was a kid and I was choosing teams to support, 
So the reason why I became an Italy fan is because he bought me Sabutio. And in that, there were two sets of teams. One was Italy, the other was Argentina. So I think he was uh, breathing a huge sigh of relief and I preferred the blue of Italy than Argentina. So he never said anything about Italy. So it's always, it's okay with Italy. But if I had chosen Argentina, I don't know what would happen. <laughs> so yeah, that's that. Uh, on that point as well, Andrea, how long have you been in Singapore? Uh, in January, it's going to be eight years. Okay. Okay. In this time, right, of course, during World Cups and all, you hear a lot of us Asians, uh, Singaporeans, Malaysians, and whatnot, yes. whatnot. We support, we have our own national team. Like, yes. I'm an Italy fan, Sivas, a yes. German fan, we're big fans. From the way we speak, you can know we are big fans. Yes. It's yes, like it's our, it's our national team. How oh, does it feel for you as a like you are an Italian, how does it feel for you to see someone like me, who's not really not an Italian by citizen or by race, supporting a team like that? But, uh, supporting you, your you national know, team, in other words, yeah, is uh, is a little bit the same we have in Italy with the basketball. Okay, so we are big supporter of basketball, but mm -hmm. all my friends in Italy they have an NBA team, they supporting an NBA team. Okay, you know what you mean? Yeah. So. Yeah. We don't have a big tradition on basketball. Our league is uh, is okay, but nothing special. So we look at the at the excellence, which is in the basketball, and for my friends, the NBA. So okay. I think, uh, I think of course, uh, here in Asia, the nation team, the national teams are Japan, uh, mm. Korea. The, yeah. the national team that they make it at the, at the World Cup. Sometimes uh, we had uh, okay Iran. China. Iran, yes, but Saudi. so is is normal that I mean I find it normal that you have uh, you are supporting a team uh, even if it's not uh, your team and then you know most of the people that I know they they start supporting a team because they like a player or and, and this is very nice I mean it's I find it I find it very nice I mean nothing nothing wrong it's very it's very nice also because it's not only a, as far as I can see, it's not only a small passion. They're really passionate, really, yeah. really passionate. So that's that's nice to see. I mean, you know, football is beautiful. So it's beautiful for that reason. There's a lot of passion involved. Mm -hmm. So it, it yeah. probably got to do also with the club you support, Brothers of the World. Ah, yeah, yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> yeah. So all right, uh, Andrea. Now talking about the host nation's performance in the World Cup, how did they do? We know how they did, but as, I mean, as an Italian. Uh, okay, uh, the the performance in terms of games was very yeah. very good. I mean, the group stage, uh, the round of sixteen, the quarter final. Let's let's say that we didn't have any problem really. Uh, the only problem was Argentina, but you probably don't know that that uh, that that. Be little particular that in Italy was big. So basically, what happened? Italy and uh, Italy was supposed to play the semi-final in Napoli. Uh, I know, yeah. Of course, uh, you know what? Uh, what? Uh, what? There is a little bit of hate between the Napoli people and the rest of Italy. The mm -hmm. Napoli people they consider themselves like that. We don't care about them. That we consider them lower that we consider not at the same level which is not true but okay mm -hmm. 
Uh, and they have Maradona. Maradona was the only player that made them winning an Italian league, an Italian cup, yes, yeah. and a UEFA cup, because Napoli won a UEFA cup with Maradona. So I would say that that night the stadium was 60% for Argentina and 40% for Italy. So we play very... I, I remember that game I watched in TV, the atmosphere was very hostile for us. I mean, they celebrate more the goal of Canizza than the goal of Italy. Yeah, I read about it, it was so weird. Yes, it was very weird. It yeah. was very weird. And uh, uh, and then it created a very tense situation in the past, in the, in the following years. There was a very, very tense situation between, uh, due to that, uh, due to that, uh, that night. It was, uh, yeah. Tense, uh, tense between whom? Tense between the, in general, the supporter of Napoli and the rest of the, the rest of Italy. Yes, yes. Okay. Um, there was people in TV saying, "Oh no, I, I, I am Italian, but tonight I support uh, Argentina." Uh, Mar there's Maradona. There's Maradona. Maradona is done for Napoli what uh, nobody da did before. So I'm gonna support for uh, Napoli. Many, many people. Many people. Oh, all so, right. So that semi-final, that semi-final when uh, Argentina equalized, the game changed. Argentina took a lot of, uh, you know, he got a lot of uh, self, uh, self-confidence, and uh, they arrived at penalties. And okay, the penalty Goigoitia really was amazing. Yeah. Uh, nothing to say. It was really amazing. So was there a lot of disappointment when Italy got knocked out? It, it was crazy. It was crazy. A lot of a uh, lot of disappointment. A lot of tears. Um, honestly, we we were expecting. Uh, I, I I told you know my father bought the ticket for the final. We went to see the final because we wanted to see Italy against Germany. <laughs> and we end up we watching a horrible game actually between Germany and Argentina. But okay, that that is another story. A lot of disappointment. Yes, um, I didn't even. I was so disappointed when I didn't watch the game Italy England for the third fourth place. Oh, okay. I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it. And I'm like, okay. And in that semi final, a lot of uh, there was some criticism about the starting lineup. That, uh, yes, yes, without any doubt. I, in my opinion, uh, they were totally right in criticizing him. Uh, it was, uh, it was, uh, it was a choice that uh, I think uh, in uh, he would never do it again. He he made the he, he made the worst mistake he could ever make. Um, and uh, and uh, in my opinion, when you have a player, when you have a player that uh, is uh, is playing and is very confident playing i'm talking about skillachi skillachi was very confident to play with carnevale they were very very doing very good job because carnevale i don't know if you remember he was very tall yeah carnevale was uh, more or less like vieri he was very big and he was stopping all the ball you know all the ball arriving the the long ball he was stopping either with the chest or with the head and he was a very big reference and so Schilacci has a lot of space to go around and Vialli and Schilacci basically has the same player okay so 
all the long ball, no, but none of the two were taking, were were having the the long ball, and 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 another big mistake was not putting uh, either Baggio or Mancini to give the the pass. Uh, on 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 the on the on the feet, you know, like uh, the the typical number ten. Yeah. So yes, it was a, it was a kind of a strange decision uh, the the eleven that he had. Mm. Okay. On the third and fourth game, I think I remember the, it was a very friendly game actually. Yeah. Well, by, yeah. by contrast to the rest of the World Cup, because the way the game was played was quite uh, in good spirits, and then at the end of the game, the both teams were. You know, doing a Mexican wave on the pitch. Both teams got medals, so you know, ended very on a very nice note at that World Cup for Italy. Okay, Lubis and Siva. Of course, I know you're a Germany fan. Lubis, you're a Germany fan as well. At that time, yes, but I okay, Cup, yeah. I, I went on to support Netherlands after that. After that, okay, but at that World in that World Cup, Germany fan, right? Mm, yeah. Your team, both your teams, of course, mm. got to the final, won the final. First of all, Lubis, how how was it like uh, watching your team winning the final? I was very happy like, because watching with my dad and my bro at that time. So, uh, well, the the thing about that is that, uh, well, long story short, I actually only rejoined my family when I was 10. Okay. So, I, I've only been with my family for one year. Okay. So, at that time, uh, so that uh, football got us closer. All right. Me, my father and my bro. So, okay. uh, so it was uh, impactful for me. This mm. uh, So, uh, having one team to support uh, made it even more meaningful. Mm. Yeah. That's beautiful, man. I didn't know about that. Thanks for sharing that. That's a lovely, lovely story. Yeah. yeah. Siva, yourself, you defied the odds. You told everyone Germany is going to win, nobody believed you and they won. <laughs> Uh, the run-up to it was not civil at all because first of all, it was like Holland. Yeah, Holland. I had a friend in school who was supporting Holland, and uh, as usual, they were saying the banter started primary school, you know, and then like you know, there's some neighborhood kids around the area which I, I started playing football, and they all were picking Holland because they are huge fans of Van, Van Basten. Van Basten was really a, good, a top striker, top. Like so a right and that incident, like uh, what Andreas has said earlier, uh, no, even if we're watching on TV, we, I, I still don't know why why it was a red card, and only much later you realize that oh, it's for the spitting incident, yeah. So I was I was confused as eight years old, so why these two players are walking off, and suddenly they just have uh, some scuffles here and there, but I didn't even see the spit, it's much later, <laughs> okay, there was a spit and stuff like that. So that was one thing. And then when it came to the England match, suddenly it was like me against my grandfather and some other relatives. My grandfather was a huge England fan. And and he was like, oh, no, he's a huge Arsenal England fan. And, and, and it was a crazy match because uh, it went all the way to extra time. And, you know, uh, flat, maybe flat scored a goal. And it was ruled offside. And it was very tight. It was actually offside, but it was very, very tight. I mean, the linesman had really had to get it right. You know, if you get it wrong, then it was, it, was, it was controversy again all over. And then we have Stuart Pierce missing the penalty and, and, and uh, Chris Waddle missing the final penalty. But, but yeah. Pierce was kind of blamed for it. And and I think much later on, that carried on with him to the next shootout in 96. So um, uh, then it came to the final itself. Then final, then the other half was supporting uh, Argentina. And I, it was once again, I don't know, 
or another bunch of rivals they call in my family within my family because some uncles or support actually the huge fans of Maradona and it was a final that it was like very ill-tempered you know it was not a good final to be honest you know a lot of tackles you know here and there and 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 how to say that I think I think two players and four as usual and, yeah. and because they are they, they can play sent off against Italy they got a play sent off you know Argentina was just <laughs> was just violent I don't know why they're violent for the wrong ways Italy was however was good in their tackles and everything I remember Walter Zenga kept a clean sheet all the way until the semi-finals Semi-final, all the way yeah. yeah it was a good streak I actually love the Italians when they play defense because I still think they're the best uh players when it comes to defense they're masters of defending you know, and they do it cleanly compared to Argentina, who was like, "Okay, I'm taking you out first before everything else." <laughs> they butcher you, Argentina. They butcher you. They you. They beat you up, and and they somehow get away with it. You know, it's not only really Maradona gets away with handball. It's like the Argentina team will get away from beating up your players, <laughs> and that was also even evident in 2014 when Germany took Argentina again when Schwarzenegger was leading. But coming back to this 1990 World Cup, it was it was it was really not a good final to watch. It was very brutal by Argentina as usual. And when, of course, when Germany won, and then we, we all was, uh, shifted to watching Maradona in tears. You know, he was crying. Ah, yeah. yeah, that was like. And, and, I, and I remember as well when the when they were lining up to sing the national ah, anthem. Ah, horrible, horrible. That was yeah, horrible. Every everyone that was, was booing the Argentina. That, 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 that was horrible. That was horrible. That was horrible. Like, yeah, and that, like what, pissed, and, and, that pissed Maradona off big time. But well, I mean. Then, that that was horrible, honestly. Uh, it was uh, it was a bad. Uh, I mean, every every part of the world watching the the final and see the the, the Italians booing the the national anthem of Argentina was very shameful. Mm. I mean, you you can you can boo a player when he's playing, no problem. But the national anthem, I mean, you should really not. not should respect do that. that, right? Yeah, at least the yeah. national anthem. Yeah, I, I, I kind of understand the sentiments behind it because I watched the semi-final <laughs> in Naples, and Andre was right. You know, you were surprised to see that Napoli was revering Maradona, and Napoli fans who are Italians were behind Argentina. I, I was shocked. As even as a kid, I was like, "Wait a minute, it's in Italy. Why yeah. there's Argentinian support?" Yeah. You know, yeah, and 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 he enjoyed the support. And like I said, when Walter Walter Zenga's uh, uh, streak was broken of keeping clean sheets. It looked like Argentina was the favorite to win it, and the support from the Naples fans were like, 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 no, was like pro towards Argentina. And so when they came to the final, the Italian fans were like, we do not want to see Argentina to win it. Yeah. No, no way. They started booing it. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like you know, uh, not not so sportsmanship wise, but you can understand the sentiments attached to it. You know, because yeah. they feel that they'll be betrayed by Naples, the the the, the people from Naples. Yeah. They really want to make it the final, and, and to be honest, I would, as a German fan, I would rather face Italy rather than Argentina because honestly, I have a lot of respect for the Italians, even till now, you know, because they really play very good defensive football. You know, it's uh, defending is always hard, and I think Italians are very, very good, it's the best in it, yeah. So, mm. I didn't get that final, you know, so I'm kind of disappointed actually, as well, because I've watched the final, I mean, semi final between Argentina and Italy, and I honestly thought Italy was going to win it. Slachi scored the goal, they were leading. Momentum was there. It's just that Maradona managed to unlock and you know and got that assist and it was a goal and one one shifted the penalty shootout. A bit of a mistake, I think, for Zenga. Misjudgment. Yeah. Misjudgment. Yeah. Misjudgment. Yeah. All right. Um quick check. Siva and Lubis, when you were watching the World Cup, what time was it here 
in Singapore when you were watching the World Cup? Were there games like in uh, nine-ish, early, early in the night? Uh, there were some games at ten. Ten. Yeah, ten. I remember ten. Yeah. There, uh, there was uh, during the the first round of the world cup there were three games per day and so it was a game at 3 p.m one game at 6 p.m one game at 9 p.m uh, so if it's yeah. three then it should be about 9 p.m here in singapore and uh and then okay you guys were both in school right lubis and siva so by the time the later stages of the world cup were on i think school holidays were over already here correct yeah, uh, it was over, but the that's when the fever catch on because uh, in the in the, in the knockout stages, although like school started back in July, uh, you have to watch the matches because they were big matches. How are you not going to miss? How are you not going to miss the matches like Brazil, Argentina? I'm, I was not a fan of both teams, but I had to watch it. Everybody's talking about it. You know, you have to watch it. You know? so likewise, likewise for even Italy and Argentina, you have to watch that kind of match. You know, even though you're school the next day, you just have to watch it because you're already in the World Cup fever already. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Lubis, yourself, you do you watch all those games as well? Or if it's school day, you can't watch it? To be honest, I did not watch as much games as these two other guys for 1990. Actually, my best World Cup was 1994. You need to call me back for 1994. Okay, can. We'll do. <laughs> so, uh, 1990, but the, the thing about 1990 World Cup was it's the one that made me. But my best was 1994. Hmm. But uh, as far as 1990 World Cup goes, uh i yeah i remember that you know even if uh, for the matches that i did not watch the following day when i went to school the other guys would be talking about it so mm. i would i would still never miss anything <laughs> seriously it was so crazy yeah. it was so crazy oh no everyone in school everyone yeah okay cool and okay siva one last question on this point um how do you get away with that your parents or your family didn't stop you from watching these late night matches um, because normally, like, uh, there'll be uh, some relatives be watching the matches. Okay. Uh, but but uh, normally, you know, we we come from an Asian background. They'll be always, you go to school, you go to school next day, you go and sleep yeah. next day, you go and wake up and all that, you know, all that jazz you'll hear. Uh, it, it's it's kind of like, uh, I mean, that time, the, the, the men in the family were like, okay, watching a World Cup is a tradition, you know? Okay. Uh, okay. So you're old enough to watch the World Cup. You are eight years mm. old. Uh, it's time for you to get involved in football. And since you're involved in football right now, your team is still in the World Cup, uh, you can watch. You know? So I was given that kind of permission. You know? I mean, I was probably not uh, it's not during World Cup season, and if I was probably much younger, I don't think I'd be allowed to watch. But I think eight years old was a good time to watch. And I learned a lot. This this is this is like a, a World Cup that will stay with me forever because this is where I picked up the basics of football. I saw a lot of games. Like, because before that, I only saw like one or two matches, and I wasn't even like a fan of football in the first place but this world cup was like so exciting so much events you know and i picked up so much you know, watching those 2 3m games you know when you are like uh, trying to stay awake you know at first but then when the excitement just takes you and you're awake the adrenaline rush is there even as a kid and that was one of the that's the beauty of the sport you know mm. yeah andrea you watched the games in the stadium yeah How Four. Did, like, a beautiful Four. experience Ah yeah, it was it was amazing. Uh, I watch uh, Germany Yugoslavia. I watch Germany Holland, Germany Netherlands. I watch Germany Czechoslovakia, mm -hmm. the quarterfinal, and Germany Argentina the final. Yes. Czechoslovakia. 
Well, yeah, if you, if you think if you think during that World Cup, which is uh, basically just 32 years old, the two nation does not exist anymore: Czechoslovakia and Yugoslavia. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, it's true. crazy. Yeah? yeah, yeah. They all split apart now. Yeah. Yeah. The the experience was was very nice because it was a it was a World Cup organized quite well um it, there was a lot of activity around the stadium okay uh, so you can really spend the whole afternoon in front of the stadium there was a lot of uh, games a lot of uh, gathering areas and you know the world cup there's a lot of supporters so yeah. you mix uh, I, I remember um, uh, a panini sticker books yeah 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 well very uh, famous yeah, yeah of course of yeah, course that's one reason why uh, we talked about football in, in school as well to exchange uh, yeah. yeah yeah of course yeah. so the, the, the games uh, the games were amazing i mean all the games of germany in san siro the stadium was completely full um germany you met, do you meet uh, fans of the other countries all these yes yes, yes of course of course of course many yeah, many you fans. enjoy your time with them like uh, yes, was it course. difficult communicating with them no Okay. Uh, you know, they were in Italy, they were going for a World Cup, so the mood was very, they were very happy, uh, especially it, a supporter from Yugoslavia, many of them speak Italian, you know, oh, okay. the Yugoslavian yeah. people, so it was very nice to meet them and uh, talk with them, uh, it, it was cool, a very nice atmosphere, and uh, the game, of course, the best game was Germany in the Netherlands. Germany Netherlands was uh, was a game actually it was a game that uh, it was never ending because uh, Germany was 2-0 then Koeman scored the penalty and for the last uh, because at the time you didn't know the extra time it was just the referee deciding honestly honestly the stoppage time of that game was never ending I mean and there was the there was such a tension because the, Holland was attacking a lot. The last uh, three, four minutes of the extra, um, the stoppage time, Holland was attacking because it was two-one. Wow, it was uh, it was uh, it was unbelievable game. I I remember clearly. I came home without voice oh. because uh, because it was uh, and and the Klisman and Bremen scored. So yeah. Both the Inter, yeah. yes. So yeah. it was a perfect, perfect night. All right, guys. Before I leave you. I would need each one of you to come up with your World Cup 11, Italia 1911. Wow. Who's ready? Me, no, no, no. I think you can skip me. I don't, I don't have any Okay. Left. Okay, Andrea's ready. Andrea. Okay. So my my 11 is 4-4-2. Okay. So is Goigoicea from Argentina, the goalkeeper. Okay. The defensive line is uh, Baresi, for sure. Baresi and Maldini. And I put uh, Guido Buchwald from Germany and uh, Andy Breme. Mm. Then uh, midfield, I put Platt, David Platt, which was a really a surprise for me. Stojkovic from Yugoslavia. Mm. Maradona for the assist he gave. And Mateus. Okay. And the and the two striker for me, Lineker, Gary Lineker, and uh, Skillachi. Okay. All right. Coach, coach, of course, Beckenbauer, wow. the winner. Wow. Kaiser, Kaiser. Kaiser. Viva yourself. 
Uh, well, I think it'll be quite close to Andrea. Uh, I think uh, only okay. I think for goalkeeper, I would like to put Shilton because okay. uh, Shilton I think played very well. I think it was very unfair yeah, for this World Cup. So uh, Shilton will be my my pick for the goalkeeper. Uh, Parisi, Maldini, Bushwald, and Bremer will be my back four because mm-hmm. those four were really excellent and. Yes. I'll put three in midfield though. I'll probably play a 4 3 3. Uh, three midfield will be uh, Mateus, you know, uh, Lothar Mateus, uh, Maradona, and I was kind of impressed with Hessler actually. Hessler. Libaski. Libaski was one of my uh, classic favorites as well. And then mm-hmm. uh, the front three for me will be Van um, Basten, Dingsman, and Large he's, he's the best striker in this moment. Okay. All right. Yeah, okay. All right. Thanks a lot, guys, for sharing your memories with me. It's been it's been an hour, but you know, time has flown by. You know, the way we've we spoke about all this so much uh, memories, beautiful memories. I wish I had more to share on my part, but of course, you know, I've I've watched rewatched some games. I've watched the official film of the World Cup and. My always nice my one. my thinking is always like you know if only Italy had gone to the final, because of course I support Italy, but yeah, it is what it is, right? So yeah, it is. the next World Cup. Yeah, yeah. next one, next one is something I watched. That's my first World Cup, so I will have a lot more to say on that. And Lubris, I will call you for that one too. Sure, I'll be very Yeah, and but but okay. for that one, you make sure you get your eleven ready for that. Yeah, that one definitely. Right? Okay. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. And once again, it's been a pleasure and it's an honor speaking to all of you. I'll see you all again sometime Thank soon. Right. Thank you very much. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Cheers. Look out for the next episodes, guys. 94, 98. You can call me for 94. I watch that a lot, too. <laughs> okay. That's where I know very- about you. Very bad, very bad workup. <laughs> <laughs> Italy did it better. They went to the final this time, man. Yeah, okay, yeah. but. <laughs> but. Yeah, we'll speak about that later. Okay, ciao. Right. Bye-bye. Okay, bye bye. Bye bye.